You're listening to The One Relationship, where we believe a strong marriage is the foundation for successful families, communities, and cultures. I'm Kate. And I'm Tanner. We're your hosts, and we've each had our share of unhealthy relationships. When we met, we committed to not repeat the mistakes of our past, so we set out to learn everything we could about creating a rock-solid marriage. Join us every week as we bring you real talk from our experiences, other married couples, and relationship professionals we trust. To start strengthening your marriage now, head over to theonerelationship.com and get access to our free marriage manifesto today. Welcome back to The One Relationship. This is Tanner here with my lovely wife and co-host, Kate. Uh, we have some special guests. Jeff and Nadia Osborne are with us today. Uh, Jeff's a world-renowned speaker, pastor, transformational life coach. He's an author, an entrepreneur with over a decade of experience. And, you know, I i was, I'll just say, personally blessed to be introduced to Jeff at an event uh, about 18 months ago and had a had a very powerful experience mm-hmm. there uh, with a, just a connection with Jesus yeah. and, and the words spoken through you, Jeff. Uh, and it's been an honor to be connected uh, to you since that opportunity. Both of these two are entrepreneurs, and uh, they've been married 13 years. They're high school students. They've got two Amer- amazing children, and uh, Nadia has her own vegan dessert company, which we were just talking about as well. So yeah. these two are up to amazing, amazing things in the world. We will link up all of their uh, social profiles and, and business info in the show notes, uh, but we want to jump in and hear about your marriage and uh, everything that makes life work for you two. So yeah, welcome yeah, yeah. to Jeff and Nadia. <laughs> so let's, let's take it uh, all the way back to the beginning high school sweethearts that's kind of a rare breed now still being together (laughs) so so tell us about that like how did you guys meet how did you know you know you were you were right for each other let's start right there in the beginning do you want to start that one see you know these these (laughs) questions are always challenging because it almost it always appears that the husband has one view of how it went the wife has another view of how it went yes all the time and like you just kind of mash it together y'all got to decide which one so i'll share it from my end of it because i think i have one perspective of it and then she can kind of share the other side of it yeah yeah but i was 16 she was 15 and a half and i just got my first job at chick-fil-a so like I was like sold out to my job. Like, yes, he was. <laughs> I was so fired up about my job at Chick-fil-A. And it was the first one that opened in Southern California. And so, you know, here I was 16 years old. I had this massive afro at 16. <laughs> and uh, like the hat sat like all the way up here. And, um, and so I was working the job. And I remember um, her friend Tiffany and I became really good friends. And she's like, man, oh my God, I got this girl. She would be like perfect for you. And, and I was like, nah, like I'm good. My last blind date that I had set up, she, she was, um, she was blessed with height. And, um, because she was blessed with height, she was very (laughs) tall and, um, just, just, you know, she was blessed with height. And so it was a blind date. (laughs) You know, she had kind eyes. I don't know. You know, so she was just, I mean, way taller than me and just completely different than my type. And I was just like, man, so I, you know, I took one for the team. One of my boys was like, oh, we got to go on this date. And, you know, it's a dance. And, you know, her date backed out. I need you to do this for me. So I did it. So that was my whole experience of a blind date was just terrible. So here I was again, set up with another one. And she was, he's perfect for you. So what's your name? She goes, Nadia. And I said, okay. So she came from a rival high school that was different than mine. She went to Ayala, went to Chino Hills High. And at the time we beefed. And so I knew some guys from from Ayala High School. They had come in from Chick-fil-A. It was right across from her high school. So I go, hey guys, you guys know this girl named Nadia? And they were like, it was like there was only one Nadia they all knew. They were like, oh yeah, you know, Nadia, dude, like she's, she's like freaking hot. But she doesn't talk to nobody. Like, nobody can get any time of day with her. She's like, impossible, bro. Don't even try it. So in that moment, I felt like it was my godly duty to humble her if I saw her. Do you guys hear this? So that she didn't get like, you know, so I wasn't going to be like every other dude. Oh, my so finally the day comes. She comes to the drive-thru parking lot. I mean, she comes to the drive-thru with all her homegirls. They're hanging out. You know, they're, they're about to hang out that night. Like, hey! And so... Tiffany calls me like, yo, Jeff, Jeff, you know, Nadia's here. And I was like, where? And 
<laughs> and she goes, she's in the window. Yes. And so I go out the window, I look into the car and she's like, Tiffany, uh, Tiffany was like, hey, this is uh, Nadia. And I, I kid you not, like, it's a miracle that we still together. I looked out the window and I was like, she's ugly. Took the bag of food, handed it to her out the window and closed the window and walked away. Now, the grace of God and the goodness of God was like, he gave me another, he gave me another chance. But at that moment, I had to let her know that she wasn't as bad as all the dudes said she was, even though I was like, God, she's bad. Like, you know, yeah. so <laughs> afterwards we get done. And, and it was just kind of like that conversation. So there was this dope song that I heard from an artist called Music Soul Child. I absolutely love him. And there's this line that he had, I thought it was like the dopest line. It was like, hey man, maybe we should hook up and connect sometime. Don't ask me why, but I thought that line was like fire. So <laughs> after, after work, they still are end up hanging out. So like, hey Jeff, what's up? You know, uh, you know, why don't you come and hang out? And I'm like, nah. So I finally get her number from Tiffany. And I call her and I'm like, hey, what's up? This is Jeff. She's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, you know, what do you want? I say, like, hey, um, I think we should hook up and connect sometime. And she was like, okay. I was like, cool. And hung up the phone. That's all I said. I didn't hear the rest of the song to find out how that was supposed to go. Right? <laughs> so she, she messaged her friend, like, how are we supposed to hook up and connect? He doesn't even have my number. And so we finally got her number. And then like, you know, and so during that time, I'll say this last part, because this is like the craziest part. During that time, I just get like, I grew up in the church, but I wasn't really like, you know, like following God. I wasn't really into it. So in this moment, I'm like, you know, you go to Christian camp. And if you ever go to Christian camp, like when you come back down, you feel like you're like Jesus or one of the 12 disciples yeah. for like a week, right? Before you get back into your dirt. And so I go to this Christian camp. I come back and I'm like, save, save, y'all. Like, I'm like a holy roller. So I tell her, listen. If you want to talk to me, you got to be down with Jesus. She was like, okay, you know, I guess. And so our first date, I go take her to go see Passion of the Christ. <laughs> like, it was like the worst <laughs> idea. All the movies. That's like, the one you took me to go watch. Like, you know, and so her family was in the church, but she, she didn't really, like, grow up in the church like yeah. I did. Yeah. So she was kind of like, oh, my God. So I'm taking her to go see the movie, and she's bawling the movie. She's like, oh, my God. Like, did this really happen? I was like, yeah, girl, for your sins, right? Like, I was just like, extra that out. And, and then right about there, like, we're sitting there watching the movie, and my mom goes, we hear this voice, this head pops in between us, and I hear, babe, babe, I need the car keys. And I'm looking, and it's my mama. Like, she crashes the date. Nadia, like, is all startled. She's like, oh, my God, what's going on? My grandma's down at the bottom, like, hey, baby. And I'm like, oh, Lord. Like, she ain't never going to talk to me ever again. We get, did. So really we get done after that night. And so when I go to say, like, goodbye, this is how I knew, like, I, like I had her hooked. When I said goodbye, when she came to give me a hug, she didn't give me, like, one of those, like, pat hugs, like, you know, oh, hey, how are you? She gave me the underarm, double scoop, hook the shoulders hug. And I knew at that moment that it was it. game over. Like I had it. So that was my viewpoint. <laughs> I can't be, I can't say what hers is gonna be, but that was just kind of like our story of how we kind of Yeah, that was that was how it started. But that's definitely not where we are. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God, right? I um, know I'm like, and why are you guys still together? <laughs> right. That's my question too. I don't think I would add anything else to that. I think that was great. See, I, and I tell no lies. I'm just saying. Well, but what happened from the, for, and did you, by the way, just, I got to know, did you know your mom and your grandmama were going to be there? No, no, they just popped them out of the blue. They mean, I brought the car and they need <laughs> some out of the car. So I didn't even know my mom was going to show up on my first date. Yeah, that was a little bit awkward for me. I'm not going to lie, but it oh, happened. Wow. It, was, it happened. And then like, and then like, I mean, that day was just like, I mean, we go to drive down there and before the movie, like there's this little carnival. Right, and, and so this goes to show you how stupid I was like back in that day. Like I, that she wouldn't know. We go to this carnival, we're driving, and I'm in the car, and I go to switch lanes, and I don't see the guy to the right of me. So I go to switch oh, lanes, and the guy to the right of me, like you know, is honking his horn, beep beep, and he's like, "Oh my god, like what's going on?" She didn't necessarily sound like that, but it was kind of how she sounded in my head. 
was like, oh my God, what's going on? So the guy swings around. I'll never forget, it was a purple truck. And this guy's like, you mother, boo, boo, boo. He flicks me off, like he's going off. And I'm nervous. <laughs> I go, ha, 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 ha. And she's like, what is that? I was like, oh, that's my friend. We just play that game and try to see who can cut each other off. Like, it was like the worst first date like oh my god like like i did everything you were supposed to do even now that you're explaining all of this i'm trying to figure out how we made it this far i was really like am. wait a minute what yeah well it's just, just hope for couples out there i'm just saying <laughs> there's hope right that's what i was gonna ask all right so first date like that's like the gauntlet of uh you know obstacles then what happened like why did you how did it grow why were you when were you guys like you know what like we're gonna do life together wow that's a great question you want to do you want to step on that one well I think after the first date you know I think we were just really kindred spirits I think we just both knew that even through the weird stuff and you know the the movie the grandma the mom you know all that fun (laughs) stuff the cutting off of the car um I saw through all of that and you know I just felt the strong connection with him which was really strange I've never felt that before so I I feel like even at that time you know, we both already had that connection with each other. Um, and I think we grew from there. We were really young. So we were, what, 15, 16? We didn't really know much about anything at that time, obviously. But there was some connection there. So we really just built from that to where we are now. Yeah. And I think the dope thing about it was we were friends for like four months. So we didn't date immediately. We just got to know each other for like yeah. four months yeah. and, and just got to hang out and start to know each other and, and kind of build that way. And then from that friendship, then we were able to decide, okay, we want to take it a lot further. And it was right. more than just a physical attraction or, yeah. oh my gosh, she's hot. Or she's like, oh my God, who's the chocolate man? It wasn't <laughs> like, you know, one of those, you know, it was more so like, man, like, this is so dope. Like we just get to hang out with each other. We get to decide Hey, do we really, do we think this is going somewhere? And I think it was that old school courting process, right? Right. That we were able to just give ourselves space to grow into those emotions and grow into those feelings to see where, you know, where it went then. And then from that moment, her friends like, oh my God, would you just, you know, date him already? And they were like, oh, why don't you just ask her to be, you know, your girlfriend? And so it was April 22nd, 2004 Mm -hmm. in Chino Hills at a park, at Butterfield Park, and we're on the top of the bench. And I think I did a poem, right? You did. I did a poem. So I did a, I did a poem and I read it to her. And then at the end of the poem, I had asked her like, we did in like, yo, would you be my girlfriend? And uh, she said, yeah. And so then when we thought there was nothing better to commemorate our, our date, day official than to deface public property and carve our initials in a wooden bench there so we felt like that was the right thing to do but it's still there to this day it's still there on that bench yeah we've been married now for 13 years but um we we dated for four years prior to so i mean 17 years almost 20 years that you know that that yeah so that's really cool yeah, that, that is still on the you bench. Put it, put you put it know. in stone. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, I was just like, you know, make it like, you know. It's going to be official. Yeah, I'm like, it ain't official unless you carve it somewhere. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Oh, we're not official, huh? That's funny. <laughs> no, I, I saw it. Y'all carve it. Look, y'all got wood behind right? you. Like, carve it in your door or something. Yeah, carve it I love that because I think that, you know, we, so we had an experience because we were long distance, kind of similar to what you're talking about, where it's like, we had to make sure that we liked each other before it advanced, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think that's one of the things that, you know, we tell people is a lot of people, especially dating world, you kind of get into the mm-hmm. physical or you get into the convenience of like, I don't know, we're hanging out and all yeah. of a sudden we're living together and like, you know, we don't really know what happened, but it feels like marriage is the next, you know, like you kind of can't get rid of somebody. And yeah, that's, <laughs> how I ended up married the first time. Um, And so, um, like, I I love what you say, because it's like, I feel like even at that, you know, sort of younger age, you guys had that discernment and you had that sort of foresight to be like, we're not in any rush, even with the outside pressures. And I think everybody can take something from that, especially what you said about your friends is like, 
there are always outside pressures on you, on your relationship. Mm-hmm. Like there are always people that have opinions about you should do this. You shouldn't do this. Why are you going so fast? Why are you going so slow? And, and I just right. love the fact that it sounds like both of you like really just listen to like, well, what is right for me? What is right for us? And, and to me, it seems like that's what allowed that strong foundation to be built and actually last versus sort of a hot, you know, attraction flash in the pan, high school sweethearts, and then it, it fizzles out. So I, I think that's a, that's a timeless lesson. You know, one of the things, Jeff, that, that you talk about is like transformation from the inside out, transforming yourself from the inside out. I just want to know, because it sounds like even at a young age, you guys had, you know, a lot of good self-awareness and, and connection, obviously, to, to God. But like, talk about the importance of that, like knowing yourself, growing yourself, transforming yourself, sort of for each of you in your own lives, but then how you think that strengthens your marriage. So I think for me personally, even if I think back to being so young, um, I think I always did have a really good self-awareness, but there was a lot of stuff where I wasn't really sure. And I'm still finding out to this day, you know, people change a lot. And I think that's one of the greatest adventures is that we get to find out who we really are, even from a young age to where we are now, there's some things that still stick around, right? That we're like, okay, we kind of got to get rid of that. Um, But I think we both did a really good job of making sure that we individually uh, made the time to grow. Because I think what happens is a lot of couples are so immersed with one another that they don't, they don't find the time to grow individually so that when they do come together, they can actually bring both of their strengths and then they can actually create something together, you know, because if you're always looking at one another, trying to say, well, what are we doing? What, how are we growing together? But then one another is not growing, then mm-hmm. that that creates a weakness, I believe, and an ind- uh, um, uh, a codependency that's not healthy. Yeah. Um, so I think yeah. it's very, very healthy to grow individually, and then you bring it back to the relationship, um, so that there's not that codependency, and then it just grows into a really, really good strength, even for the both of that, for the both of us. Um, and then I feel like, you know, even when we were growing up, 15 and 16. Um, we did talk future wise. We talked, you know, you know, what, what does the future look like for us? And um, how do we want to see that? We didn't rush into it, but we did talk about it just so that we both know, are we on the same page? And if we're not, then maybe this is not the right thing for us. Um, But yeah, every time we would talk about it, we were on the same page. So we would just take that step forward and continued on until we are where we are today. Yeah, no, I, I, th- I, I was just saying that just touching on that, I think a lot of that came from us having to grow up very quickly at certain reason. And the reason being is, is that what we don't talk about is when she saw me, I was involved in the gang life. When mm-hmm. she saw me, I was running the streets, but I was a star athlete. Yeah. When she saw me, I wasn't this polished guy that was, you know, what it was. Like I barely graduated high school. So she was the reason that helped me be able to graduate high school. Her family um, showed me a different dynamic of what it means to be able to bond together in that way. It was completely different than than what I looked at. Not to say my family wasn't bonded per se, but the way they did it um, was so much different. The care, the the way that they were just like, well, let's, let's, they embraced me. I mean, I think I met her mom and her parents, I was wearing a seven X T baggy like sweatpants and like these you know these like og like pantuflas like these slippers like these og slippers you know say like and a big old new <laughs> ponytail with my hair in the back like and they never even judged me in that and so and then in the midst of that was when i ended up getting locked up and incarcerated and was facing 16 years to life in prison because of it and during that time her family had moved to vegas and they told her, hey, listen, you should, you should leave. You should, you know, come with us. He's already locked up. Mm-hmm. And she said no. So she stayed behind, got a job, went to college. She would drive two hours, wait in line for four hours to visit me for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And she did this for almost two years yeah. um, while I was locked up. She made sure she was at every case, made sure I had the letters with the perfume, empowered me, encouraged me. And so in that, in her respect, she grew up very quick and had to decide, is this what I want? Is he worth fighting for right. in that? And then for me being in that world, I had to take a look at the life that I was living 
and say, is this going to produce what we had talked about? And so I guess, in a sense, what solidified our love and allowed us to go even stronger is those hardships. And I think that when you're talking about marriage and relationships, hardships can have the ability to solidify why you're together or they're going to be the reason why you split because it's not worth the person who you're with isn't worth fighting for. Mm -hmm. And so I think that when you look at our dynamic and finally, when I was able to come out, who we are now from overcoming the many different obstacles we overcame from, you know, being on government assistance because nobody would hire me when I got out to having kids at a young age, Mm -hmm. you know, we were 21 Mm -hmm. and 20 when we got married and she was six months pregnant with our son. And so we had to learn how to be parents and husband and wife all at the same time. So I think growing up in that growth was so vital because if we didn't grow in those separate phases, it was going to be the detriment for both of us and we're going to be able to survive. Yeah. I mean, we, we went through similarly too, where we got married and I got pregnant right away. I mean, Tanner has a daughter from his first marriage, but yeah, we were just instant husband and wife, newlyweds and parents. And you're just thrown into all these things that are so significant in its, in its own self and its own right. And then to just pile it all on, like you, you have to go into this where you have some, some confidence, you know who you are, what you want, right. where you two are going in order to really make it work. And, and, you know, and I feel for the couples who really haven't, haven't figured that out. And now they're in a place where, you know, they're just like, well, heck, what do I do? Right? Like right. I'm, I'm, I'm not really sound in where my marriage is or I don't have the same vision as my husband, you know, like some people are, you know, are really struggling with that. So how, what would be that advice for you to share with people where it's like, okay, this is the tough place. Like Nadia, how did you know that you're going to, that you were going to stick around? Like how, like, you, you know, I, I, I think there's, there's that sort of fine line of figuring out, well, do I stay or do I go? And, yeah. and, you know, is this worth fighting for or is it not? So like, how, how do you help determine that and maybe, you know, give some advice to, to our audience? Yeah. So one of the really big things that happened with me, um, I forget how old I was. Um, I was still in high school and I was actually, um, living with one of my friends because that's when my, my parents had moved out of the state. Um, so I was just graduating high school, moved in with my friend And it was a really pivotal moment in my life because I thought I'm either going to go, you know, where my parents are, or I'm going to stay behind and and really work on this. And I was really on the fence, just like you said, you know, what is that fine line? Um, And I remember God speaking to me so clearly. And and I said, God, you know, is this my husband? Is this something that, because I know I may want it, but is this something that is good for my future? Is this something that you want? Is this your will? And he spoke to me loud this day and said, this is your husband you need to fight for him. I said, okay, then that's what I'll do. You know, because if he would have told me, you know what, no, you got to let this go. Then I would have done that too. And that would have been, you know, my journey then, but I did hear him loud as loud as loud and clear. And everybody always asked me, how do you know? And I just say, I know God never lies. Number one. Um, and he right. doesn't change his mind, you know? So, um, mm-hmm. as soon as I heard that, I thought, okay, so I planted my feet and I just kind of went forward to that. Um, it wasn't easy. It really wasn't. There was a lot of things that I could have said, well, you know, the circumstances were so difficult, you know, it's easier to leave and walk away than to actually stay mm-hmm. and fight. Um, right. and I knew even through the staying and the fighting, I thought, okay, this is, this is going to be it for us. We're going to do this. If I stay and fight, I know it's going to be good. It was very, very difficult, but I did it. I I made my choice and I went with it. I think it's so like this story just uh, reminds me of just sort of the saying of like, you know, anything that is worth fighting for, you know, it, or or that requires hard work and effort, you know, it's worth it, right? It's worth it on the other side because, and to know that God is going to steer you in that decision. I think we keep noise in our life too much that we don't have the chance to sit and be still and actually hear what we're supposed to do. Or when we do hear it, we're like, no, 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 that's (laughs) not what I want to do. You know, like we go a different path and then you're wondering why things aren't working out or you're having so many, you know, uh, ups and downs and whatever it might be. So I think it's, I think that's a really just a great example of like, Hey, I heard God speak to me 
And, and for, for people listening, like sometimes that's just, you know, your conscience is telling you where to go, yeah. right? It doesn't have to be right. this godly voice <laughs> right, that comes right, out right. and here, do this, right? It's just like, right. hey, what's my gut telling me to do? And that, you know, that's God speaking to us. So, you know, you've shared with us like how marriage is, is not, you know, all roses and rainbows and, you know, you have to put in work into your relationship and whatnot. So, you know, you've managed to get to 13 years and you've gone through the seven year itch and all of that. What are, <laughs> what are some of those, um, just like those tips or, or things that have really helped you to weather the storm that you guys do for yourself? To be like, this is what we need that keeps our marriage strong and keeps us going. Yeah, we'll kind of tag team that a little bit. Yeah. I, I think one of the things that was so great for us was to enjoy the journey, mm-hmm. right? And I know it sounds so cliche, like, I know it's like, you know, just enjoy the journey, <laughs> you know, but I mean, it, it, it's real. Like, when you kind of know, and this is just for us, I don't know if there's different people who have different beliefs and all those yeah. things, but for us, what kept us grounded was knowing that, look, at the end of the day, if God says, I already know what your life is going to be, mm-hmm. and he placed that in your heart, then that kind of gave us some peace to right. say, okay, I don't care how ugly it is. Just like any good movie, you have to have highs as well as lows. And so we were just in the part of the script that had lows, right? But we know that at the end, the end of the movie is that we win. The end of the yeah. movie is that if we don't quit, then we're going to be able to come out on top. And I think that was one of the things that was so big for us just knowing, okay, listen, this is all part of the story. So now on this side, you know, 13 years, we're giving advice like, yo, we've been there, man. We've yeah. been, you know, recycling cans for food and government assistance and wearing the same clothes for like three or four years. And we've been in a place of starting companies from, you know, from the ground up, not having people around you. We've, yeah. we've listened yeah. to the wrong advice. We've We've adopted everybody else's stuff. So I think that the beautiful thing is, number one, is that we just enjoyed the journey and was just like, you know, you get to a point where something gets so bad, all you can do is just laugh. Like, you know, they, 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 yeah. the electricity oh, yeah. shut off. You ain't got no money over here. You just look at each other and just start laughing in the dark. You know, all you can see is teeth because the whole house is dark. You know what I'm saying? But you just start laughing because you're like, oh, what's the worst that can happen outside of death or whatever it is? But we knew that as long as we had each other, then we were going to be able to get through it. The second thing we did was exactly that. What I just shared is don't take yourself so serious. Mm-hmm. Like you, you got to learn how to have fun. You got to learn how to laugh. You got to learn how to see the good in everything. Right. You got to, you got to be able to see those different things because if all we always say it like this, whatever you magnify manifest. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. so whatever it is that you're minding your attention on, it's only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And it doesn't change whatever problem you're faced with. So we acknowledge the problem, but then we went straight to becoming solution oriented. And I think that was a big thing in our marriage as well. We never said, oh, we can't afford that. Or, oh my God, things are so bad. It was always, you know, how do we find a way to make it work? Yeah. And then the last thing I'll share, and then you can mm-hmm. share the other ones, um, for me is making sure that you get good counsel around you. Yes. Yeah, so not your you mama know. and your dad. <laughs> Right. Not your mother and your father, not your mom or your dad, not not, not mama and papa. You know, I'm talking, you, you have to get people around. The reason why I say that is because no matter what you do, Tanner, you know, your parents are always going to side with you because for the most part, they're your yep. parents. You're their baby. They, they're going to look out for you. And Kate's always going to be wrong. And Kate, the same way, <laughs> yeah. goes vice versa with you. You know, you can't do the wrong sort of problem as him. And we didn't learn that but that each one of our families were either going to enforce a negative behavior that we were trying to get rid of, or they were going to come against the other one to where no matter what you do, even if they change, you've told so much dirt about your spouse that they can't see them in any other way. Yeah. So we, we had to make sure that whoever we had that we were getting counsel from number one, had a marriage that we wanted to, to mimic mm, or they were right. able to be in a place of neutral neutral being being neutral but y'all know what i'm talking about but being in a neutral yeah. place switzerland there, yeah they're gonna stand for in one way like righteousness or stand for what's mm-hmm. right and wrong and not take yeah. sides yeah and so being able to have the right people in our ears like you said mm-hmm. that are giving us positive feedback and affirmation allowed us to push through when others were like give up 
leave them alone. Mm-hmm. She's tripping. Leave her alone. You know, all right. of those things. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think the other thing for us is we always outserve one another. Um, and we have that role for each other. It's like, hey, we're never gonna stop out serving one another. So you don't keep tabs. Well, you did this last time, and hey, you did that last time. You know, it's hey, it's okay. We're not keeping tabs. We're not. I'm not writing down. Did you do the dishes this time? And did I do? It's like, hey, we're out serving one another. No tabs. No tabs are being taken. We just know naturally we love to serve one another. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is to enjoy each other's company. And I know a lot of people are like, yeah, that's simple. You know, you're married. Of course you enjoy each other's company. But no, genuinely be best friends. You know, have fun together, laugh together. I mean, for us, honestly, we're always laughing. I mean, I know people think, hey, I'm hilarious. <laughs> We're, he is hilarious, but I'm funny too. Yeah. We're, we're, always, we're always laughing. And even when things, you know, come our way and we're like, okay, this is a hard one. You know, we do try to make the best of it. And that's one of the greatest things that we have really cultivated in our marriage is even when things happen, you know, as hard as, and even it's like, hey, didn't we just go through this? Didn't we already learn this test? Like, why are we back here again? You know, we decided it doesn't matter. We're not going to be hard on ourselves and put ourselves down or speak negative over us and definitely not speak negative over our marriage. It's let's speak life over our marriage. Let's figure out how we're going to get through this, even if it's again and again, and let's have fun with it. Because at the end of the day, you know, having fun through those situations really makes it that much better. You know, you have to go through it anyway. Why suffer through it when you can just have fun through it, right? So either way it goes, you know, we we do our very, very best to really enjoy one another. And I can genuinely say we're best friends and we really enjoy being together all the time. I mean, yeah, it's healthy to go and do your own things, but it's also healthy to enjoy being, especially right now during quarantine, right? Everybody's like, oh my God, we're together all the time. (laughs) (laughs) There's times where it happens, but but we've, we've just really learned to enjoy each other's company and really respect each other as individuals, yeah, you know, and good. celebrate the differences that we both have. Oh, I so love good. that. One of my favorite sayings mm-hmm. is pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional, right? Yeah. Like it's like, yeah, and you guys are like embodying that. Like, yeah. Hey, we're going to go through some stuff. How we handle it though. And the amount of suffering we do is totally up to us. I, I, I love that. Like yeah. there's so many themes of what you guys are saying. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yep, yep. yep. you know, like just yep, things yep. that either we embody in our own relationship or that we've heard through other interviews, and it's just like reaffirming, like there are, you know, another saying, right? Success leaves clues. That's a that's a reason we started this podcast. It's a reason that we want to interview couples like you two, where it's like, hey, you're having success not only in your marriage, but in your business and your life and your children. Like you guys are embodying that. And to be able to hear this and to hear the patterns, I think is so powerful for people that, you know, maybe don't have as much hope or, or don't have as much zest for life or see the good mm-hmm. in everything yeah. like you yeah. do. And, you know, one of the, the, the next question and one of the things we always ask, and you guys like dovetailed right into it, you've kind of touched on it, having fun, but like, how do you have fun? And, and even especially during quarantine, like I see you guys posting, you're getting each other coffees and like doing stuff for each other. You know, we think date night is important, especially having kids. It doesn't have to be expensive dinners and, and, and hotel rooms, but like, what are some of those things that you guys do just to get time together and, and, and really enjoy each other's company? Yeah, that's a great question. So we actually, so I homeschool, well, he helps as well, but he runs yeah. his company. I run my company. So what has really worked for us is to really sit down and figure out, you know, a really great way to find a schedule as best as we can with it. Um, homeschool is full-time, businesses are full-time, phone calls, email, you know, there's so many different factors that really dive into the day, but we make sure the first part of the day that we spend it together. So we wake up extra early, you know, he's out by the gym and then he comes back. We do coffees together and we just talk. We don't talk business. We don't talk, um, what are we going to do today? We just talk about whatever pops into our mind. So I think it's a very natural way to really connect. Um, Just as a married couple, like, hey, what's going on? How are you feeling? How are you feeling? You know, we'll have music on in the background. We'll do that for about a good 30, 45 minutes. And then we dive into, hey, this is what we're going to do today. This is my goals. Um, These are a couple of things. And this is the Mm -hmm. extra stuff that, you know, may come up. 
Um, once all that gets done, homeschool and, you know, all that fun stuff, then, you know, once it's the evening time, we sit, we set date nights. So a couple nights out of the week, and even especially during a quarantine, it's not as easy to go um, out to dinner because you can't even sit inside, you know, especially where we are, we're in like the most restrictive tier. It's ridiculous. So you can't eat inside. We're in Alcatraz. Yeah, pretty much. No doubt, right? <laughs> Yeah, you can't do anything. So we're like, okay, what are we going to do? So Your we'll order out. enjoying Hawaii, though. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. We won't go too far that direction. I'm just saying, though. Hey, yeah. well, I'll tell you what. We, 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 we go outside. It's a big old, huge, like, dirt field. So I just took a whole bunch of dirt, put it on my front, <laughs> and then put some water, started sprinkling it. So I felt like I was in. There you go. <laughs> so we, we really make sure that we set our date nights. And, you know, those are, those are like the non- um non-negotiables like hey what is our non-negotiables we need time away from the kids because we're at home all day with the kids together we need adult time like you know let's just spend time together so it's either we're cooking or dancing in the kitchen dance videos and you know we we try to have as much fun as possible because there was a time in our marriage where we're like is this ever gonna be fun like are we ever gonna enjoy this and i really i made a decision because i think it was me pulling the negativity down because i'm like if we're not doing successful stuff then i'm not having fun you know and that's such a negative way to think a lot of people think that way you know if you're not doing well in your business or in life in general then why are you having fun but it's like no that's such an unhealthy way to think you know let's have fun regardless so once i decided okay let's do that yeah you know everything really shifted in that part of our marriage so we just enjoy um a couple date nights a week and what, yeah. what else and we'll do, do like we play we love dominoes so we'll play dominoes with each other we'll play you know we'll play different different you know speed and different card games and different things that we do that make it fun for us to be able to do that but also it's not so much like people think it's it's, it's location that determines your fun but it's really atmosphere yeah. Yeah. Right. And so it's creating a a shift in atmosphere. So even if you can't go out, because there's something we had, didn't have no money. Bunk. We've been we've been on quarantine and for the first like five years of our marriage because we had no money to go nowhere. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like we you're like, this ain't nothing new. Building, right, right? We're building forts and no place. But, <laughs> but but I'm just saying, like, you know, we had to learn how to have fun without without the things that everybody says fun is, right? So it's not all yeah. those you know, Instagram people that are posting, I'm on, you know, this private island that you had to take 14 helicopters to get to. (laughs) And I got, you know, gold lobster tails or whatever it is. You know, we, we, not everybody can do those things, but I'm just simply saying that it's atmosphere. So it means that it's producing an atmosphere that separates you from where you are. So if we're going from our, our living room uh, into our bedroom, then guess what? I'm gonna have the show going. I may have some music going that's like just relaxing, fun, live. We love lo-fi or jazz or Frank Sinatra or you know certain things that we love listening to that just shifts the atmosphere, right? We'll have the snacks set up a certain way, and so it just gives this 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 idea that we're we're somewhere different. And I think it comes into the alignment of we're big on transitions. Mm, yeah, and what I mean by I, I do a lot of that with you know, with my coaching clients and being that transformational life coach, I teach people that everything is a transition. Mm -hmm. In marriage, everything is a transition. When you're sleeping, you're transitioning from sleep to being awake. Mm -hmm. You're transitioning from the bed to the floor. You're transitioning Mm -hmm. from, you know, the floor to your bathroom. From, you know, having stank breath, you know, you're transitioning (laughs) to brushing your teeth, right? And so everything is a transition. Mm -hmm. Whether we're coming home from work, we leave work, we hop into our car, that's a transition. From the car yeah. to the house, that's yeah. a transition. Yeah. So what has allowed us to have fun is to master our transitions. And how you do that is by by breathing. Taking a moment, whether it was stressful or not, you take a moment, you dissignify whatever has happened, mm-hmm. and then you can go into your next transition, which is date night, without the weight of what you had before, without... Right that boss cussing you out maybe, or those kids making you want to lay hands on them in the name of Jesus. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or pull out, you know, some oil and do an exorcism because you don't know why your kid was wilding out, right? Right. But I'm saying that those moments of being able to designify, breathe in the, in where you're at and then transition into that new phase. And that's what really, you see more people who have date nights and their date nights turn into another war or another fight it's because they didn't transition properly from what happened here 
to yeah. them being there for one another. Right. And that's when you get to be fully present with one another right. in those moments. Yeah. yeah. That really leads into uh, something that we've seen very consistently with the people we've talked to. We've surveyed people coming into launching this podcast to uh, our, our coaching clients as well is communicating, being able to communicate with your spouse and transitioning is definitely something that we've we've recognized you know in our own marriage and and mm -hmm. kind of tying that in as well but people don't seem to know how to communicate with each other well and to be able to say what's on their mind there's unspoken expectations you're either silent or you're violent with your words right there's sort of this really unhealthy way of how people are communicating. So what would be some advice that you've gone through or even maybe your experiences with, you know, your coaching clients of how to just better improve communicating with your spouse, especially if they're really at a, at a place where they're struggling? I mean, that's a great question. I love that. And you're absolutely right. We, <clears throat> most relationships fail because of communication. Yeah. Bottom line. Yeah. And one of the things that I, that we were big on when we do couple counseling and when we do that is we always share that proximity creates clarity while distance creates distortion proximity mm. creates clarity while distance creates distortion in other words when we feel like one another we're not understanding each other or we're fighting or we're at odds the natural thing that we do is to create distance Mm -hmm. and oh, I'm not going to talk to them. I'm going to give you the silent treatment. Yeah. I'm going to the room. Right. I'm sleeping on the couch. I'm mm -hmm. going over to my mama's house and staying there for a couple of days, taking the kids. I am going out to a bar. I'm leaving to go do these types of things. And so what happens when we have um, miscommunication, we immediately go to distancing, which creates distortion. Mm -hmm. And whenever I distance my heart or I distance um, my mind from her, meaning I, when the way that you distance your mind is you already have these preconceived conversations that you're having in your head. That's what happens. Oh, you yes. have these conversations in your head. You already had a full argument and came to your own resolution and you ain't said one word yet. So that's why when she goes, well, how are you doing? What you mean how I'm doing? I've been telling you how I've been doing. And you're like, whoa, hey. Because you, you were your own hype man in the fight. You don't hear you were your own hype man. Yeah. You know what happened? So they didn't, it didn't need much to set them off at all. And so you distance yourself in your mind because you don't give space and room for her to be able to share or for him to be able to share where his come from is. Yeah. So that distance will create distortion. Yeah. You have a distorted view of the situation because you didn't allow proximity to say, okay, babe, let me understand why you were coming from where you were coming. This is how I felt. And I could be wrong, but let me know what your thought was. Just by, just by leading with a question, you don't lead with assumptions. And that is one of the greatest ways yeah. to bring clarity in arguments. I'm going to tell you, it's harder said than done. Yes. Like real, real. I mean, it's harder. Yeah, that's right. It's easier said than done. Easier, easier, easier said, said than done. Yeah. I'm like, like yeah, yeah. yeah. It's easier said than done right. because, because you can say it, but in the heat of that battle, you ain't going to be like, okay, proximity, 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 right? Like, you, you're not going to think that way. You're going to go naturally to distance. But yeah. that proximity simply says, okay, I know that both of us have one end result, mm -hmm. and that's to make sure that we stay connected as one. Right. I know that. I know that we both love each other. So I'm going to keep my heart close. I'm going to keep my mind still connected. And I'm going to ask the questions that bring clarity to the situation rather than me assume or hype myself up here. So yeah. for us, one of the ways that we communicate is making sure that we stay close. That's proximity. And that creates clarity. Now I can know because we stay close, I'm not going to assume the worst out of her because my proximity to her, yeah. I already know her motives. I know her intentions. So I don't automatically make you an enemy like you're against me the moment we disagree. Yeah, and then the, the, the distance that creates the distortion is I'm making a decision to stay close so I have clarity right. and avoiding the distance so I'm not distorting in my view of what the situation is when it comes to communicating. Yeah, That's and, and mm -hmm. when we first were actually starting off, so I'm glad you actually brought that up. When we first started off, um, even dating, you know, but once we transition into the marriage part of it, um, 
I would, when we would get into these arguments and try to communicate, you know, I would really look at it and think, oh my God, he, he, you know, I don't think he has my best interests at heart. And I feel like that's really key in a lot of um, relationships is do you really feel that your spouse has your best interests at heart? And, and I feel like we all should, you know, like our spouse should have our yeah. best interests at heart. You know, the answer shouldn't be, yeah. well, no, I don't think they do. But that was my answer. I, I never, mm-hmm. in that time, I thought, oh, he doesn't have my best interests. He's just trying to call me out. Um, and once we actually addressed the elephant in the room and I said, you know what, I don't feel like you have my best interests at heart. I found out that he felt the same way. So our communication was shot at the beginning because we both felt like we were both being attacked, but we both didn't know. It was like this weird dynamic. And I'm like, we got to get rid of this. So once we figured out and said, you know what, I do have your best interest at heart. And I know that you have my best interest at heart. So if we call each other out um, in really sticky situations, because communication is key when it comes to really sticky situations and you have to talk about stuff that's really uncomfortable even between you and your spouse you're like hey you know i'm noticing these certain things or you're bringing up a conversation that's really um like i said uncomfortable that really makes the biggest difference because it feels like wow you really do have my best interest so i know you're coming at me with this um you know issue or this problem that you're seeing so that i can actually be better and not so that you can bring me down or or talk down to me it's so that i can actually become better and not just better for you but better as an individual yeah. so if we keep that on the front line i really feel like that would make such a big difference in a lot of people's communication yeah i i just noticed something with us where tanner may say something that maybe sort of like the constructive criticism kind of phrase you know what for, for a lack of a better phrase and i know in in the past if i were to ever get that from someone I was dating or my family uh, or even a boss, right? A coworker yeah. or some, you know, someone, yeah. right? Like instantly, like I'm on the defense, right? Oh, right. something's wrong and I'm on the defense and I want to fight back kind of thing, or I want to defend what I did or what I said. And, and now um, like I've recognized that it's, it's really just because Tanner's got my best interest at heart, you know, as you, to, to use your words. And it's really that we want to be each other's cheerleaders. We want to, yeah. right. we know, we see each other's potential of, right. of, of even more of what we can be. And so we want to encourage the other person to, now, granted, delivery and things like that can always <laughs> yeah, yeah, that get a little improved, but, right? But like, but, but to know that your, your spouse like has your back, right? Yeah. And, and I think that's just something that it, it's good to bring up and maybe and and to know like hey maybe you got you know whoever's listening could have that conversation and start to open and, and break down those walls and that it's okay it's okay if your spouse says something it doesn't mean that you're you know terrible and awful and a, you know a horrible right. person right. it's like hey I've got your back like look I know that you can do something you know better yes. I see your potential and like it really it has made like a huge difference for us and just saying like mm-hmm. hey Absolutely. Like, I know that that you can do this, and just so just yeah, a, just a, a really great a personal attack, attack and right? I think like you really hit on it, Nadia, yeah. which is that there's there's tons of relationship advice, and you know I think we've had a great conversation here. But at the end of the day, if you don't feel like you're on the same team, and we we see that with many of our clients, where it's like whoa whoa whoa, like this isn't a husband versus a wife. Like we live in a mm-hmm. competitive society we've got it going on, you know, right now in, in our political world, it's like, it's not a, it's not a her versus him. Like you two should be on the same side. Like we have right. enough opposing forces. Like we got to get you two on the same side. Right. And I think so many come from a place of, of, of personal attack. They feel attacked. So they attack mm-hmm. and, and, you know, there's a whole history of childhood and sort of everything that leads into right. it. But I, yeah. I think like, you just hit the baseline question yeah. there, which is like, hey, are we on the same team or not? Yeah. <laughs> right? right. So Nothing good. else really matters here Hello. if we're not on the same team. Right. Yeah. Yes. So that's, oh. that's so good, man. Yeah. There's so many things here that are like align, align. Yeah. We've got it. Some great notes to take away from this. You know, and again, I, our goal is, is really just we want to show couples that are listening, other successful couples, other insights from people, uh, allow them to see the patterns and understand that like, it's not always easy, you know, but you can have fun. You can find a way to strive through the challenges and come out stronger on the other end. And, and I think you two just really, really exemplify that. 
you want to? No, I was just going to say, I'm like, we have to have you. One, we just want to have to have you come back. Um, but because there's just so much, and I feel like we can break down some of these things even more. Yeah. And I, yes. and the first time that I got to 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 see you speak, Jeff, you had shared the butterfly story that was just so profound of just you know because you talk about confidence, and I think you know a lot of spouses like don't have that confidence or, you know, there's a, a lack of trust going on. We've, we've seen that a lot as like a, an overlining, you know, theme of where they're struggling, you know, along with the communication side. So, you know, we can, we can have you come back and, and I, I just like, I just, there's so much goodness and yeah. what you offer. And we're so grateful that you, you took the time to be here with us. And, and maybe when you have come back, we'll, we'll, ha we'll tell the butterfly story. So to be yeah. continued. Um, I love that. But any final thoughts, words, advice, anything that you want to share with our audience before we, we say goodbye? Stop comparing your relationships to others. I mean, one of the greatest ways to kill your momentum and rob you of the authenticity of your relationship is comparing it to the Joneses. And I think so many times we're trying to keep up with the Joneses, not Jones, that the Joneses are depressed, they have anxiety, they go and broke, their whole life is messed up. And so yeah. I think that when you stop comparing your relationship to somebody else's, then you can revel in the beauty that is your journey. Yeah. You revel in the beauty because oftentimes I found out the path that God has for us to go looks nothing like anybody around us, including our closest friends. So be confident in knowing that your journey is your journey. And uh, don't try to compare your love to somebody else's. I'll be like, well, how come you don't love me like the neighbor Steve? You know, or, <laughs> right. you know, like, or, or how come you ain't working out in the gym like Brenda down the street? You know, or whatever it may be. You know, let them have their. I don't know the names just came to me, but you know, <laughs> I, don't, I got a neighbor named Steve or right. Brenda. Right, we don't have anybody around. <laughs> but uh, uh, but it's just like you know, when you stop comparing, then you can stay in the newness and stay and enjoy your own yeah. journey when you're not looking at somebody else. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I just Beautiful. I just truly feel like the motto even for us is really even we talked about it really enjoy where you are because you're not always going to be there. It's not always going to be a rough patch. You're not always going to be feeling so miserable. There's going to be highs and there's going to be lows. And yes, everybody talks about it, but people talk about it because it's real. It's not it's not always a high. You know, there's lows so that we can learn from them. Yep. You know, so I make mm -hmm. sure that if we are in a low place where we're like, okay, we're having a hard time. I always ask, what did we learn from this and how can we make it better for the next time? If we find ourselves here again, we'll know, hey, we did this last time, we can do this again. So as long as you have each other and you're cheering each other on, I mean, it's going to be fun. Just enjoy, have fun. Yeah. yeah, love it. I love that. I feel like you guys have really gained strength through the challenges and especially just hearing, you know, your early years. Um, I, I really applaud you too for that. Yeah. And, and like I said, you You've been a light in our life. You know, we follow you guys uh, for anybody. Oh. We'll link it up. But, yeah. uh, you know, at Nadia Osborne, at Jeff T. Osborne on Instagram. Uh, you can find them on Facebook, Facebook. as well. JeffTOsborne.com. We'll put it all in the show notes. Uh, we got to get the link to, to Nadia's uh, vegan desserts as well. That's amazing. Yeah. Get those drop shipped right to your door. <laughs> and uh again we we appreciate this like so so insightful so yeah. so good to just go deeper with you too like kate said we'd love to we'd love to do a part two and even pull apart even even deeper some of these yes topics we'd love to yeah invite us over okay. you know, we, yeah. we, we, we we love that we, we'll be back and, yeah. and and be ready to uh to make it happen but we love you guys so yeah, much thank, thank you, you for guys what you're so doing. Much. thank you for having us you guys are making such yeah. a massive impact yes and just your realness your rawness your your transparency it really is bringing hope to mm. relationships. And I think that's the greatest bond mm. that we can focus on is our marriages yeah. because that affects the next generation. So we love you guys. Y'all killing yes, it. Yes, thank and, you. Uh, we can't wait to come back. Thank you. Awesome. All right. Thanks, guys. All right, you guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of The One Relationship. Be sure to subscribe right now. And we'd love it if you could do us a quick favor too. Please rate and review this podcast. This will help others who want to strengthen their marriage discover our content. To get our free marriage manifesto today, head over to theonerelationship.com. And while you're there, we'd love to hear from you. Just hit the contact us button and send us your questions and feedback. Join us next time for more real talk on The One Relationship.